This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics. You have been warned. You know, Paprika, we've been on this planet for a long time, and I haven't seen a single lake, ocean, river, pond, estuary, sea. That's because there is no liquid water here, dumbass. Yeah, but what have I been using for the toilet this entire time? what yeah you don't have an answer for that one do you oh we have the matter disintegrator on the spaceship what are you talking about i've been using that as our garbage disposal well yeah that's where i've been using the bathroom is that not what we're supposed to do Uh, this isn't something they teach you in in classes this ship doesn't come with like an instruction manual, and if it did, I lost it. Well, like, it. The, it does, but the bathroom doesn't. <laughs> Maybe it should. It doesn't want to assume anyone's um, mode of waste elimination. <laughs> you know what does have a lot of information, but also zero instruction? Subnautica. No, 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 no. Wait. Before Wait. we talk about Subnautica. Do you use the bathroom? No, that's, no, that, no. You don't just ask someone that. That's well, private. Ha- yeah, I do. You you brought up the matter. <laughs> go to go to space encyclopedias and look it up. I'm sure it's there's, detailed. Heavily. There's already so many things I don't know about your race. Can you at least just give well, me this? I'm, I'm, no, this is one of the things I won't give you. <laughs> Why were you asking me so, how you use the bathroom then? <laughs> I meant more the area, not the function and mechanism of it. <laughs> Okay, welcome everyone to Raygun Readers. Today we are talking about Subnautica. Subnautica, for anyone who does not know, is a game for the PC. I think possibly coming out on Xbox also, One. Also, important important note. This is this is important. I got him into it. Yes, this is true. We're gonna review it as it is firmly a science fiction game. It is very much a science fiction game, and it is fantastic. Um, we're going to give initial impressions, but we just we love the game. We're very excited about it, and it recently hit full release. So <laughs> we want. Oh my gosh, can we talk about that too? <laughs> oh sure, sure. Because they they did the release at Monterey Bay Aquarium. They did, and they had so many technical difficulties. It was kind of funny. <laughs> it, it it was. So it was it was, a, it was a whole bunch of men in a room who couldn't figure out how to talk to a crowd of people. They can spend five <laughs> years on an amazing survival horror game, but they can't uh, live stream on Twitch. <laughs> it's, it's it's complicated. So yeah, uh, first let's just talk a little bit about the history of the game. It's developed and published by Unknown Worlds Entertainment, so it's an indie indie venture. It's uh, on Steam right now. As I said, I think it's going to be on Xbox One. There's plans for it anyway. And it was available in beta for a long time. Yes, yes. It was in closed alpha um, around October 31st, 2014. Then on December 16th, 2014, it entered the open beta or early access, as you can see on Steam. I forget when we got into it. Wasn't it 2016? I think we picked it up. Because it was a couple years into the early access. It wasn't right away. Oh. Yeah, it was about a year ago. A little yeah. bit over a year ago. I want to say it was a while ago. Did we start playing it up here? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we got into it kind of a decent way into development. 
Uh, it was released properly on January 24th, 2018 of this year. So that's around five years of game development for an indie studio. Which is a long time. It is, and that's one of the wonderful things about early access. A lot of people don't like it, and I get it, but for indie studios, being able to build a game from the ground up and have constant funding is can be a very good thing. And I think for Subnautica, this was a very, very good thing. First of all, what type of game is Subnautica? These are the tags according to Steam. Survival, open world, exploration, underwater, sci-fi. All of those are true. Horror is not on there. Horror should be. And on. it should be on there. Well, the thing about it that it's kind of confusing as far as horror goes is it's not really a traditional horror game in the sense of jump scare. Well, I mean, in the sense well, of... But there are. Uh, well, um, musical jump scares, I suppose. And, yeah, yeah, there and are no musical no jump scares. There's no Freddy Kruegers or, uh, uh, I don't know... Yeah, for, um, as, as far as typical horror goes, it's, it's not, not really, that. Like, it, it has a lot of horror elements in it, though, mm -hmm. in the sense that you talk about horror elements. We're, we're going to get into that, though, Oh, yeah, I think. absolutely. So, um, it's just, it is strange that it's probably the best horror survival game I've played in the past 10 years, and it's not classified as a horror game. And this is achieved primarily through the fact that it's all on an alien planet and it's all underwater or almost completely underwater. It got me scared to go scuba diving. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so this whole thing, when I first picked up this game, um, I thought, wow, this is beautiful. This is going to be so much fun. There's going to be so much to explore. Everything's really pretty. And all of that is true. But shut up. <laughs> Point is that when you start playing, then you see in the distance that you can't see anything. And then you're like, holy shit, I want to go over there, but I don't want to go over there. Your field of vision, uh, in the starting areas, it's pretty good. You're basically in shallow reefs. And uh, even at night, there's a lot of bioluminescent fish around. It's uh, your, uh, your flashlight goes relatively far. The deeper you go, like starting at maybe 100 or 200 meters, shit just gets murky. It gets well, dark. it's more than that. Like when you when you turn around and you look up and you see a creature that's like what a hundred times as big as you, and you're like, holy shit, where did that come from? There's and no, there's yeah, nothing it, in between me and it. It's in the water, and not everything makes a sound in the game right right away. So you just turn, and then suddenly it's there, and you're like, oh shit. And it's like the better the graphics you have, the worse the scare. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's just go over really briefly, just kind of like for the gamers in the audience, as I'm sure there are many. Uh, it's gameplay features and replayability. Gameplay is survival horror. It's first person. It is resource collection and exploration. And there's a little bit of base building in there, kind of base management. I think the only problem I really have with the game is it's there's a lot of frame rate drops that were not addressed in... Uh, the beta and not addressed at full release. I have a pretty decent computer. I'm playing it on max settings and getting in and out of bases or vehicles, there's a weird frame rate drop, like it's unavoidable. And I do wish they could like address that. Other than that, game is very solid. Like I don't remember any glaring bugs. Do you? Uh, there are a few bugs that scared me. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> like those weird seagull bat things that yeah. just fly around. Uh, but yeah, it's got immense replayability. We purchased it twice. Well, I mean, it's really unfair to talk about the bugs, really, because I only played it in the beta. Mm -hmm. So so I played it after full release, and there's that bug is still there, or maybe just a, a lack of a feature. 
I suppose. But um, yeah, it's there's no outstanding defects in the game other than certain upgrades and pieces won't really spawn in a certain area, and they should, or they're like hidden behind something. And the game is about exploration, but there's just certain areas where you get screwed on RNG, and that's very annoying. Well, and there's also like when you're building your base, there's a few you know annoying controls you have to learn. Sometimes stuff glitches out, but then like that's yeah. that's any game where you build. That's any game. The base that's builder. That's any building game. The base builder could definitely be a little bit kind of gussied up, I suppose. Um, but that's once again, that's not the entire point of the no, game. No, no, that's so. and these these are small, small nitpicks. The rest of the game is just absolutely gorgeous and very, very, very exhilarating to play. Upon first impressions, we both I think loved it. Played many, many, many hours. I have I not played it a lot. I haven't tallied the total hours between the two of us. I'm sure it's shameful. Well, I mean, like, one thing that's worth noting, I only played it in the beta, but in the beta, there's a lot of stuff that wasn't in there that's in True. there now. True. And I almost felt like it was more scary because I've been watching you play a little bit of the, the release version, mm -hmm. and there's less stuff, which means, you know, you don't see the monster. You see this expanse. And while you're playing, there's a lot more creatures. They've definitely filled out the universe a little bit more. So there's more, um, there. you know, there's always something in front of you that's moving, playing, fighting, mm. uh, those, those whale things and the little, like, uh, shark dogs. And, the, <laughs> and then the, there's a lot more, I think, flowers and other junk yes. that you encounter, which makes the game more interesting, but also takes away from the horror element. I, um, I would say it only takes away from it a little bit because as they have fleshed out the map, which we'll talk about in a minute, um... It's more obvious that you need to go here, but you're also not entirely sure what you're going to meet there. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that element is still intact as far as the horror is. So let's just talk a little bit about the story of the game. This is going to be a, a lot of massive spoilers here. So if you haven't played so the game... So don't listen to our podcast. Like ever, don't, Because it's just spoilers. Yeah, screw it. The, the one thing we won't spoil is where Abysme goes to the bathroom because we don't know. No, I do. I'm just not telling you. <laughs> Uh, so the plot of the game is you are on this gigantic spaceship that has faster than light travel as part of some company um, called the Aurora. And the Aurora gets shot down over an alien world that is almost entirely oceanic. And you survive via an escape pod and you have almost no information. All you know is, is that you crashed. You don't know where your crewmates are. Most are presumed dead. Through the game, you get uh, very small things, very small messages from people, and then wherever you go, it's like they're always gone. And like, you still haven't encountered anyone. No, I have not. I don't think you do. I really don't think you do. You, um, you're constantly finding people's, not their bodies, but the remains of where they were. And items that they left behind. Items they left behind. You are basically reconstructing a survival kit and home base out of discarded parts of the Aurora. The Aurora is a fascinating set piece because it's this gigantic ship that is permanently like on fire. It is... At the corner of your map, like always there. Yeah, always really there. Big, biggest, prom most prominent structure above the water. Yes, it is a uh, constant reminder of your predicament, which is just amazing as far as game design goes. This game is filled to the brim with life, and yet... I've never felt so alone <laughs> and isolated and doomed in playing a game. 
because because you're in an alien world not just alien to the player but alien to the character like everything you don't know anything and you're a fish out of water but you're a a human that's in the water you're you're not you know yeah and the only voice you have other than like recordings is a computer that gets snarky with you now and then does it oh yeah that that's the one that's one of the greatest updates they made in the full version the computer goes um uh, scanning for uh, what's a good example? Uh, stuff like when you first eat a fish, it says, "Oh yeah, you're you're used to eating synthetic foods. That was probably horrific, horrific for you, wasn't it?" Or um, detecting a lot of Leviathan-class creatures. Are you sure you want to be here? And just so, little things. One of the things that um, the developers said at their uh, their live stream was that uh, a lot of these changes that they made on the game were based on critiques uh, that, mm-hmm. that players had, had given them based on their their experience playing the beta. Yeah. So I have to wonder how much of this was, like, inspired by... Customer-inspired, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, probably a lot of quality-of-life things was, um, like, ways the UI is used, ways that inventory is mixed. That would be my guess. Okay. Um, but I think it's clear from a lot of areas being filled in. They had an idea, and it just it took a long time to realize it. Mm-hmm. So the point of the game isn't just survival. In uh, in the beta, it was it's just okay, don't die. In the full release, it is get off the planet. And oh, yeah. you have, when you get back aboard the Aurora, which yeah, that's that's a difficulty in and of itself. It's um, it's core. Did you, did you play it all the way to the end? No, not yet. Uh, the engine core explodes at one point and starts shoving radiation everywhere. So you got to go fix that, and then yeah, and that's like one of the chapters almost. Of the game. Kind of that's like chapter one point five, I would say. That's pretty early on because yeah. it forces you to go. This game forces that, you to go and do stuff. That was in the beta stuff. too. Yes, so. it was. And as you explore the ruins of the Aurora, you find out things. You find out people's logs. You find out what um, kind of where you came from, and that's how they do a lot of exposition and background. So as you're playing, uh, you start getting. You you have a distress call going out constantly. Your radio doesn't allow you to talk to people. You can receive messages and send a distress signal, but you can't like talk to people. It's a bit ridiculous, but whatever, your radio is broken. So eventually a ship does pick up your signal and it says, okay, uh, meet us here. And then this giant laser gun built by some, they're called precursors, by alien, ancient aliens, <laughs> shoot them out of the sky right in front of you. And it's brutal because you're like on a beach doing it. And it's at that point, the game is telling you, you know what? You're on your own. So then you go to the Aurora, you fix it, you walk around and you find out plans to build a, um, it's a rocket ship. Basically, it's like it's like a small shuttle that gets you off the planet and gets you to the nearest phase gate to get out. That's like that's how you win the game. And to do that, you have to just basically find a bunch of weird ass materials. You have to go deep, deep, deep to get them. And that's how you play through the entire game. It forces you to pretty much explore the entirety of the map. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. okay I have a question. Completely okay. unrelated to any of that. Yes. Um, so it, in the in the beta version, when we were playing together, mm-hmm. we discovered a, a, a cave uh, all the way at the bottom. It goes dark, deep, 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 dark, dark, dark. Mm-hmm. And then all the way at the bottom, it gets light again. Yeah. And in there, we found like some sort of humongous set of bones. Oh, yeah. Um. That is is still that there. ever explained? Have no. you seen it? Um, I have not been there yet because it's really hard to get there. I have to wonder if there's something there now. Um, I, I've looked at other people doing it and I don't think there is. 
Really? So there's there's like there's some animals there, but the but point... not like what they're suggesting was there. No, not another one. Yeah, that's that's one of the beautiful parts of this game is just the different biomes is fantastic. So you have like the tropical shoals, you have kelp forests, you have giant mushrooms, the cooch zone, which is called a bulb zone now, I think, bulb which zone? is lame because okay. cooch was cooler. And then there's a portion called the Lost River, which is an underground river, essentially. It's and if you don't know what it is, I mean, like, it's hard to describe. It's freak. It freaked me the fuck out. Oh, it's it's so eerie. We went down, and in there is an underground cavern, and it, it the purpose it serves, other than being fucking awesome, is also to have a lot of rare materials. Mm-hmm. So you get down there, and what was just dark, you know, kind of seafloor areas is now this hazy green empty cavern with a gigantic skeleton and of the light, who knows the, what uh, what's important i think what's important to note is that all of a sudden it's lit again like yeah. there's a, there's an ambient lighting underneath mm-hmm. all of the darkness so like lower than bioluminescent mm-hmm. uh high high pressurized areas there's this area where all of a sudden it's just bright and lit up again yeah, well there's nothing it's empty the music goes silent and you just see the skeleton and you are constantly looking around going what's what's here something has to be here something has to be coming out and it never does and it's just the most on edge i've been in a video game because you know you're a thousand meters below you know that like if you die you're screwed and you can't get back out oh yeah that was one glitch that we had in the beta version true that was fixable Thankfully, but that was that was a terrible glitch. That was. We should talk about that. If, uh, yeah, if sometimes you can get um, your one of your ships stuck, and it if was it gets... like stuck in this weird. Um, um, it was this like hitbox area in yeah. the the environment where it was actually below the uh, rendered area where you couldn't see it. So we we lost. What was it? The seamoth. Yep, seamoth. We lost a seamoth below the the terrain but it was not you know it was it was hitting something it was bottomed out on something yeah so we couldn't actually see it so we couldn't find it mm-hmm. but, but it was on our radar so it was really frustrating and thankfully they knew about that so there's a code you can put in in the beta version of just like you know relocate seamoth or whatever and it'll pop back up which is great uh that has not happened to me at all in the full release i'm proud to say okay so that's good so that, that that that's what you can find in the game. Not only are there depths that are terrifying, there's just empty spaces that are terrifying. That's how good the game is. It plays on an unbelievably realistic fear of the deep ocean. Of just expanse yeah, in just, general. Which because everyone has to some degree. I, I want to say that it's not really the fear of the deep ocean. It's the fear of expanse. One thing that happens when you go underwater is you're suspended and you're surrounded on all sides by nothingness mm. but water, right? So... If you were out in space, I'm sure you'd have a similar feeling. Only thing is you could see in space. Sure. So, um, yeah, being in a cloud, like a, a Magellanic cloud or something like that would be... Define Magellanic a, cloud for us. Oh, gosh. Uh, early <laughs> early universe uh, oh, nebulous okay. cloud. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you'd have a, a similar feeling. You know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. the environment of expanse. Not necessarily being underwater, but just that innate primal fear because as humans we are always on land mm-hmm. right that's evolutionarily speaking in situations where we're not on land i think we freak out oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah so and what this does well is that even in the expanse areas 
there, the likelihood of there being something there that's big that can hurt you or hurt the ship you're in is like there's a high probability, but it's not constant. So it's never, I know if I go here, this is going to be here. There's only a few places like that. A lot of places there is no certainty, especially in the more advanced areas of the game. There, you're just constantly on guard. You're constantly checking your surroundings. And not only that, you're checking your food, your health, your oxygen, your energy, your fuel, everything. It's just so much to do. Well, yeah, I know it's a video game. Well, it's a survival game, and that's what makes it a challenge. It's just, it's beautiful, and it's fucking terrifying. There are, we should talk about the creatures a bit. Because what I love about this game is that the designers just had a blast making very speculative creatures. Some of them obviously very science fiction. Um, there's like ones that warp. Uh, they leave behind portals you can go through. There's others that are like almost ghostly in their appearance. Others that can basically mesmerize you with hypnosis and communicate you via telepathy. Really? Oh, yeah. Called mesmers. I haven't seen those. Uh, those are new. They uh, they show up and they tell you, you should go down further. You know, keep going down. So they're lanternfish. Kind of, yeah. But they're like not at lanternfish depths. Okay. That's what makes them terrifying. Uh, they, but a lot of the other ones, when I'm playing it, I'm thinking, yeah, I could see that being a fish on an alien planet because they're not too fantastical, but they are very much their own thing. Mm -hmm. Then there's the giant leviathans. There's enormous space whales. <laughs> and those space whales, you hear them for pretty much most of the game. They are at, uh, I think about 50 to 100 meters or like even away from zero to 100 meters. And they, their bellows resonate throughout the game and it's just very deep it reverberates a lot and when you first play the game you're like what the fuck is that sound yeah. good lord and then you finally find them and you inch around them like a hundred feet away but they're they actually pretty harmless oh they are it just takes you forever to work up the courage to get over to them because you're like i don't know what's out here what's gonna hurt me and then it turns out it's the small things that hurt you more than anything in the game mm. oh yeah the, and if you go into the caves are those things that can shock kamikaze you? yeah oh yeah, yeah. The, the, there's, there's fish yeah. that fly out at you basically there's there's plants that will shoot barbs at you if you're um if you're outside of a ship but for the most part if you're in a ship you're safe ish now when you get deeper there's, That's not true. No, it's not, not even true. your ship will save you. No, and they they have really upped the vulnerability of the submersibles just because okay. things do attack you. There's the big ass electric eel things. Oh gosh, I remember those. Yeah, they had they're covered in like what look barbs. Like, uh, like those are barbs. Con conducting barbs. Yeah, yeah. conducting. Um, they look like antenna or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's reapers, which just they those guys are. The closest you'll get to a, uh, I guess, a jump scare, because sometimes you just won't see them. They'll be dark, and they'll just, they'll, they'll roar. You'll go, wait, shit, where is it? And then it'll latch onto the front of your ship, scream at you, thrash you around, and just start fucking you up. Do you have any laser weapons you can use now against them? You have a, a stasis rifle and a repulsion gun. Okay. And torpedoes, but very, very, very few ways to actually kill anything. And they did that on purpose because they want you to survive, not just go out and kill everything. Because you can make infinite ammo. It just takes forever, right? But they don't want you to do that. They want you to actually, like, survive the planet, which mm -hmm. I think is genius because it really adds an element of, God damn, I can't kill anything. I am small. I am vulnerable. I got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. There are even bigger things than that. There's this weird Cthulhu-esque crab brain monsters. 
There are. Oh my gosh, I don't want to see that. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, I yeah, stop... I've got footage, which I'm about to roll here. But yeah, you're, it, those things suck. I stopped playing this game because it freaked me out so much. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are giant sea treaders, which are these enormous herd-like things that just walk on three giant legs and they pound the sand and just crawl, and they don't hurt you. But oh man, they are also very scary for the first time you see them. And that's just, that's the wonderful thing about this game. Everything you do, every time you advance is just exploration and it's incremental mm-hmm. and you're taking your time and you're absorbing the game. That being said, I do think they do a good job of rewarding you when you do uh, go into these, these uh, threatening areas. They do. Because there's a lot of, lot of uh, really good re- rewards in terms of boxes and minerals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And sometimes you have to go deep to get certain elements so that you can, you know, do basic survival things. And by, by that time, you've built up your ships to have defense mechanisms and you've got a good suit on and you've got good weapons that can kind of protect you. Mm-hmm. And so there is definitely a reward system. It doesn't feel like it's ever too unfair. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Um, and it rewards exploration. You find blueprints for stuff instead of having to find like three pieces of it sometimes if you're willing to risk it. And so there's a really good trade-off there. Mm-hmm. The game is primarily motivated by, okay, I need to build a base. And to build a base, I need these blueprints. To do that, I need to go to this island. To do that, I need to get this ship. So um, the this, those blueprints and the rewards, do they randomly generate or are they in the same spot They are time? relatively in the same biomes, just kind of scattered around and not always at the same quantities. So... That's what I was talking about earlier. Like, there's an RNG of, I should have found this modification station blueprint like an hour ago, but it was over here as opposed to over here. And that's kind of annoying Mm -hmm. because it's dangerous over here. And this is like one of the first things you can build. But other than that, it's pretty fair. One of the greatest things about the, uh, the full version is that making a base is even more fun now. Like, if you go to the Aurora, you can take posters and action figures and like make your base feel like a home. fun. As opposed to... Hey, and it is terrifying going Yeah, I was like, I was getting a little bit of that when I was making the base in the game. I was like, this is cool, but I mean, it's yeah. all pretty generic overall. What's really cool about it is the surrounding that you build your base in. True. Because you can build, you can actually build pretty deep if you have the right gear. Mm-hmm. So you can put your bases in some pretty beautiful terrain. You can. I'm a pussy, so I didn't. <laughs> I built it pretty close to my own detriment because now whenever I send drones out, those stupid build, sawfish eat them. You can build more than one base, though. You know that. You can. You can. It's just I've already built it and I got a good setup going, so whatever. Whatever, then. Oh, uh, and you can grow kush and you can grow. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've I've got basically the three best food just growing continuously. So this is this game is like Stardew Valley without people because you can do <laughs> And you're trying to get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, it's just, it's more that you can just you can do a lot of the basic stuff. So, I want more games like this. I want more games that have a story. Have and the great thing about the story, I'm glad you brought that up, is that it's the story is there, and there's stories under stories. There's little PDA uh, things you can pick up that you can read if you want. You don't have to, but it really enriches the world because that's your only contact to humanity is reading. Stuff that people have left and they're dead. That's all you have. The precursor aliens, like, all you know is what the computer tells you, which is virtually nothing because it can't even decipher half the crap it's looking at. So you're only really exposure to people other than the ones that get shot down <laughs> trying to rescue you <laughs> are the your dead crewmates. So you just read their lives. And 
Reading the PDA entries when you scan a plant is fascinating. It's clear that people who like science fiction put so much work into speculating on what an alien world could look like. And this is, I mean, this gets back to the, this idea I've been playing around in my head of, like, what is science fiction? Is it, an, is it an aesthetic or is it a set of ideals? Yes. And, like... Both. It's kind of both, but it could be one or the other in certain situations. It could be. And when the two are married, that's when you get the most iconic stuff, I think. So, um, in this one, I feel like it's more of an aesthetic. Um, um, to, because yes. you have, you have yes. like, you have effort into the world. You have effort to integrate the world into itself so it's not just fantasy right you have a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff that interacts with each other you have devices that work yes and they make sense in the world mm-hmm. it, it, it's not like you know all of a sudden you have a magic wand you know yeah. that that does whatever you want although kind you kind of do you have a fabricator <laughs> that can combine titanium to make a bed really super easy uh, i don't know whatever <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah there's definitely an element of fiction in there but there's just little things such as explaining what bioluminescence is explaining like how to combine uh salts yeah. and fish to make cured fish right, how to make do- bleached water to like distill it stuff like that yeah they they have like recipes on how to make batteries and mm-hmm. stuff like that i mean it, it's it's like there's acid and copper that makes sense i mean sense. it uh, a lot of times in science fiction right you have convenient devices that help the world come into existence and that's what they give you right they give you yes. oh, what's a good example i can't think of one <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, the universal translator is a great sure, example. Sure, Of just, it's a device, it doesn't matter how it works, it's there, that allow, and it allows yes. us to put ourselves into more interesting situations. There's aliens, we can talk to them to figure out their problems. Right. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like there's a little bit of that in this game, but oh, sure. it's okay. Well, because, it kind of has to be. <laughs> because, I, I mean, it's a survival game, you need, you know, on an alien world, you need yeah. something to be in your favor. Uh, they make a joke in the game of the Cyclops, which is your big submersible submarine, it says it's called the Cyclops because it can technically be manned by one person, but you'd be stupid and suicidal to only use any less than three. <laughs> and it's just like little little bits of that everywhere. Oh, you get the prawn suit, which is a like kind of like a little exo armor thing mm-hmm. to walk around in. When you build it, your computer tells you uh, people who first use the prawn suit experience episodes of megalomania and invulnerability. Properly trained pilots take weeks to overcome this, so use your best self-discipline because you're the only one there. Mm-hmm. And it's just hilarious. Like, you, what training are you going to get? You just built this and you got to get off the planet. It's it, it has great humor, a lot of it dark, and that's just everything about this game just keeps you on edge. It's awesome. Yeah. And back to the sci-fi topic. I like that the world is fleshed out. I like that corners have not been cut. At least it doesn't look like any have been. I like that oh, there's so much I like about this game. It's just it, it's it encourages your imagination and it's to to your detriment. To though. your detriment, yes, because curiosity definitely kills the cats in this if you're not careful. But it's it's so clear that someone wanted to craft a world based around an alien planet and how how an ecology could work based around like radiation and some ancient disease um they they they're just like and so many weird just cool ideas there are large floating islands that they say they actually were part they were asteroids at one point and then they crashed down to earth but then these organisms called floaters brought them back up 
and now they are making like there's there's an uh, ecosystem on them. Oh, that's fun. It is floating it, islands. You mean like above the water or on the water? Both. Like this, the bigger ones up on the water. Uh, they all of them are because they say uh, scans, geological scans show that this was in space at one point, and now it's not. So it's just all this really cool stuff, and it's it just it makes you want to learn, and that's mm-hmm. what good sci-fi should do. It should trigger your imagination and entertain, yes, but it should also, I guess, educate at some point. Yeah, I have to wonder if a game like this would encourage people to go into something like astrobiology. Well, there's, I mean, there's a reason they had it at Ambari. Because I bet you tons of uh, marine biologists were like, this game looks fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I just watched uh, Prasikor, our good buddy, the dinosaur expert, play Saurian, which is... I kept, when I was watching it, I was like, this is giving me flashbacks to Subnautica. This is... Um, of course, Saurian's much more accurate but and real. <laughs> but it's basically, hey, what would this look like? Let's put in a bunch of research. Let's put in a bunch of time and money. And let's get it to look as nice and just invigorating as possible Mm -hmm. and that games like that not only are they fun not only do they entertain but they like stimulate your brain and i want more of that and as far as the horror aspect goes because this is a sci-fi horror game firmly in my mind i i think more games if they want to be horror should almost put the horror aside not entirely well, but they shouldn't be like, oh my god you're going to be scared out of your brain and just have people be in a situation where they have to go out and explore, but goddamn if it isn't scary. Well, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, horror, um, cla- horror in the way that we view it nowadays has been sort of ruined. In yeah. The sense that if you go in, you know exactly what's going to happen, and they give you what you want. They give you a f- they give you a formula, and you go for a formula. Yeah. In a lot of in a lot of cases, like there there are some outliers. But even the outliers, like The Cabin in the Woods, that wasn't really a horror movie in the end. I don't think it wanted to be either. No. The whole, like, Freddy Krueger, Jason, what, Saw, even, uh, that, it's an aesthetic. Once again, horror is an aesthetic. It's not a, it's not you being scared. Back to Prastacore, he said that dark is an aesthetic, horror is an emotion. Okay. And that's absolutely true. This game's aesthetic is science fiction. Its feeling is horror. Yeah, you okay. feel scared to exist in this universe. Okay. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And you're right. A lot of games kind of just are like, ah, blood, gore, blah, blah, blah. But then you get games like Resident Evil 7. I knew you were going to bring that up. Well, I mean, it's a good it's a good example because that one also makes you feel afraid. It makes you feel vulnerable. It what keeps was, you on your toes. What was that one game that was a little while back where you just kept entering the same room over and over again? Oh, PT. And there was a picture frame. PT? What PT. was that? That was a precursor to a game that got canceled. Oh, no. I know. But um, Resident Evil kind of took clues from that. And uh, they made... Um, it was supposed to be like the next Silent Hill, I think. Uh-huh. And then that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil did a similar thing with the teaser of going, here's a house. Enter it in as many times as you want. Try to solve the mystery. And it's disgusting. It's grimy. You think you're alone, but you're not. But there's not just jump scares every 20 seconds. In this game, there's jump scares, but it's more just... You it's, weren't looking left, and it turns out there's a giant monster right there. Jump, and that's your own damn fault. A jump scare isn't really the right right word for it because it, it's more like you know when you're alone when yeah. you're alone in a dark room listening to music, and then somebody taps on your shoulder. Yeah. That kind of jump scare. It's, which what do you call that? This is like it's just situ- a it's just situational. It's you know you were looking, and yeah, if you're in a dark like wood or something, and you're looking around, and then you notice. 
a beast, let's just say it's a wolf. The wolf did not jump up at you. It did not howl. You just look and suddenly it's there. There's no sting of music. It's just, oh shit, danger. And that's the best flight or flight reaction. That's the best fear as far as survival. Flight because or flight reaction? Fight or flight. Okay. What did I say? I don't know what you said. I, I, thought, I thought I heard flight or flight. Uh, <laughs> so he, he, he would always run, basically. Yeah. Abysme would always run. Abysme always runs. That's why I carry a gun. It's not to shoot things. It's just to distract them. Uh, <laughs> to shoot, It's to shoot your partner so that you can get away. No, pretty much. I just have to outrun the bear. Or you. I don't have to outrun the bear. Right. Um, yeah, and that's the best part of this game. Everything that scares you is you usually know it's there. It's just, oh shit, what do I do? Or, oh crap, I didn't look left fast enough and now it's after me. So, yeah, I mean, that's how horror, that's good horror. It's the realism of being in environments that are dangerous to you. Not so much an axe, axe murderer with a creepy mask all mm-hmm. the time. That's what this game does well. Yeah. Any parting thoughts on Subnautica? Oh, uh, I gotta play it more. You do. I'm you scared do. to play it. I have, <laughs> uh, yeah. I have to play a whole bunch of other things, too. But it's a story. And it is a story. a story. I don't know. I'm it's a story based on exploration. You have to go find the chapters. They're not being given to you. It's more like, generally, in games now, they, they give you the story. Like, they hand it to you on a platter. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I don't appreciate that in video games. But, I appreciate that in books. I don't appreciate that in video games right, so much. Right, because when you're reading a book, you're reading a story. When you're mm-hmm. playing a video game, you're shooting stuff. Yeah. And this, I mean, I think the story is integrated much better. It is, because it's the only way to progress the game is to go out and explore and find the things. And you can't find the things without also reading the clues. Mm -hmm. So they're they're intertwined pretty much perfectly of I know I got to go over there at some point because I haven't been there yet. I got to find a way to survive. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of back and forth. So I have a question for you playing this game. Do you mm-hmm. have you have characters that you've read about, people that you have like mourned the loss of, like specific names? None that your character immediately like you're not told that, oh, you knew this person. It's just okay. well, it's more like, okay, you've been talking to uh, Stella the entire time and now Stella's dead because she was on the ship no. that crashed. No. You wake up everything you hear other than the people that try to communicate you via the ship that gets shot down everything is people in the past people who are already dead okay and it's mournful but you have to do it because you can't progress otherwise (laughs) otherwise wow that's a word otherwise 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 uh yeah subnautica i think it's like 25 dollars right now on steam um they paid us by the way oh it's not sponsored by subnautica uh or um Unknown shit. I already forgot the publisher name. <laughs> Unknown Worlds Entertainment, I Un- think. Okay. But Unknown, Unknown Bandai. Uh, I think $25 is a steal for this game for the amount of hours that you can play it for the replayability. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's well, a steal. Well, I mean, I, you know, I also, I mean, I haven't done it myself, but I'm sure some people would get into base building and like oh, yeah. resource management and stuff like that in yeah. this game. So I mean, there's, like, there's a bunch of replayability there. Oh, sure. there. You know, you could make a giant base that runs itself and that's pretty fun. Or you can just get through the game as fast as you want. Both are perfectly viable. Both will have a lot of fun attached to them. I really can't praise this game highly enough. It's just, it's really a diamond in the rough. And it's kind of a runaway hit. I had fun with it. I, I love it. I'm going to play more of it later. Probably before Overwatch or after Overwatch. I hate Overwatch. Why do I play that game? We're not sponsored by Overwatch either. Uh, I'll, I'll take Blizzard's money. 
They got they got that sweet Activision money. I'll take it. How'd they get it to us here, though? Hmm. PayPal. We we have PayPal. We should get one. <laughs> Donate to our PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that has been our Subnautica review. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And uh, this is our newish type content, but we're going to get back to reading stories next episode. So. Look forward to other movie reviews we might do. We uh, we also do movie reviews on the Witching Hour podcast now and then. We'll be sure. Check them out because they're just an awesome horror podcast. So we'll let you guys know when we do that. Any plugs, Paprika? Um, none that I'm willing to share with an audience. Ha 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 ha. No one's made that joke before. I'm Andrew from Nothing New, a remake podcast. And this is my hetero life mate, Justin. What up, Andrew? What up, world? Nothing new is a remake podcast, plain and simple. Our mission statement is bringing film buffs together to talk cinema. So we pick a remake or reboot that we all watch and discuss it at length. Then we talk about the original. I love movies! Me too, buddy. Check us out on BenviewNetwork.com or on iTunes. Nothing, Nothing new, new! A remake podcast! <laughs>